friends, and welcome to the U-Turn Podcast. This is your host, Ashley Stahl. I'm a career expert, a speaker, a best-selling author of the book, U-Turn. Get unstuck, discover your direction, design your dream career. And I created the U-Turn book and the podcast as a place to help you connect to who you truly are at your core. And that's why every single week, I want to bring a guest on with the intention of helping you expand what's possible for you, both in your confidence, whether it's in work or love, and just in life in general. So let's get into this week's episode. Hello, U-Turn friends. It's Ash here, and I wanted to do something different this week. I don't know if you've noticed, uh, and I the fact that I've noticed means you probably definitely have, is that every social media platform right now is trying to be TikTok. And it's for good reason. TikTok is incredibly innovative and their user base is exploding. I know back in 2015, I went viral for doing absolutely nothing on TikTok. And now you actually have to earn your virality uh, and be (laughs) eye-capturing. So I wanted to bring Jessie Greet Rubenstein. She's the founder and the CEO of the Hello There Collective. And she's a female-owned and operated LA-based social media influencer and content-based agency. And she grew up in New York City, so she's in LA. I'm in New York, so we switch spots now. (laughs) And she comes from a lineage of fashion, so she's the granddaughter uh, of the fashion designer Anne Klein. And she was exposed to the industry from a really young age, which is always really fun to get that kind of perspective. She started Hello There in 2018 after her previous role as digital director of fashion at Authentic Brands Group um, after spending time there. And she worked on digital content, social programming, influencer marketing. I know that whether you're an entrepreneur or you're in corporate, you can't miss the boat on social media on the opportunity to brand yourself. So I want to ask her about what it really looks like to catch virality, to have a voice, to position yourself as an expert in the market. We all need to be thinking about that. And this is especially interesting if you know you want to start a business, but maybe you don't know what that business is yet, and you at least want to start building an audience around a topic you know will probably be related to that business. Um, I think one thing new entrepreneurs don't think a lot about is how they can start setting up an audience and setting up a following without knowing exactly what they're offering. So I think TikTok is also really powerful for that. All right. I could, I obviously just gave everyone an earful. So to you, Jesse, thank you so much for coming on the show. <laughs> thank you so much for having me, Ash, and yeah. for that glowing introduction. Yes. I honestly, I, I find you're a woman after my own heart and your mystery to me because Um, The only thing I've learned how to be viral with is speaking and TED Talks because I speak from the soul. And I always tell people, if you want to give the best, um, if you want to give a TED Talk and go viral, it's really simple. You just give the best talk of your life. Not easy, but simple, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And I feel like uh, TikTok is not something that I understand. Right now, we're just cutting video snippets of videos I've done and throwing them on there without a lot of intention. So I would love to hear what has got you so excited right now with TikTok. What do you think is over right now? Just love your take on the landscape right now. Yeah. So I think, um, you know, obviously just because of where it's at in the social media field, it's oftentimes kind of compared to Instagram and having really worked um, on Instagram from its infancy when brands were just starting to get on there and seeing the platform grow and evolve. It's been really kind of just eye-opening to see how TikTok has taken shape. And I think that in a lot of ways, what it represents and how people are using it 
are, it's very much in line with just the consumer landscape and shifting um, kind of just attitudes in general. Um, I think that when people are coming onto TikTok, it's very much, and I think like now the platform certainly not only Gen Z. That's something we are always getting asked by clients. Is it, is it only like, you know, college students on there? No, that's definitely not the case. But, um, I think, you know, Gen Z has certainly led its growth and really impacted a lot of what it stands for. And TikTok is very much about, um, not just having this, you know, beautiful, polished version of your life, but, really owning your life in its raw form with all of its imperfections and kind of showing everyone what things look like under the hood. And I think that was something from Instagram, you know, while I'm a true millennial, mm-hmm. um, I think that it was something, you know, that could come with, you know, mental health problems and it, you're always kind of looking at Instagram and comparing your life. And I think it's been really refreshing on TikTok to kind of have this platform where people are like, yeah, I'm not perfect or yeah, I messed this up. And that's why I'm talking about it. So you can learn from me. Yeah. Um, so that's, I think the energy of the platform has been really exciting and kind of, you know, since we work with brands, learning how to hone that energy when looking through the lens of a brand campaign. Okay. So uh, a couple of things you, you talked to me before we started recording just about authenticity. And I love that word so much. And every new year, I always pick a word I want to embody. And I remember that one being my word, I think in 2018 or 17, when I used to say yes, but I really meant no. Um, and I was working on my boundaries. Um, I find that there's a lot of people on TikTok. I was just with a woman named Erica Kohlberg. I don't know if you've seen her content. She's incredible. And she went from zero to almost 9 million followers this year or in the past, like less than 12 months. Mm. And so I find there's a lot of people out there who they put out content. Next thing they know, there's millions, literally eyeballs on them. And I'm curious, what do you do when you have that kind of rush? Like, what are some of the most effective, important things that someone in that position can do? And I know that this can be applied to anyone, no matter how much their following is. So just curious for the people who are in that rush. Yeah, no, that's a great question. I feel like once that rush happens, you start to get outside influence because there's going to be brands contacting you and there's going to be people that are interested in collaborating. And you can very much fall into that trap of like, what does everyone else want to see from me? And I think it's really important to remember is you got that incredible boost and you got that virality for a reason. And honestly, like, like you said, it's, just staying true to yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, the type of content that you're producing, people obviously want to see more of. Um, so continue to lean into that. And I think also the great thing that TikTok lends itself to as, as, as you start to build that huge community, take them into account. So, um, look at their comments, see what they're asking. Um, really just kind of explore different things that your community is wanting to see more of from you. Mm -hmm. Um, especially, you know, when you've grown really fast and TikTok's a platform where you're, you're always having to pump out a lot of content. So I'm guessing if you are someone has, who has seen that really fast boot, uh, boost, you're probably creating a ton of content and putting it out there. And, um, I totally understand what kind of having that content blockage can feel like. So if you're at that place, 
stay true to yourself, but also use your community as a way to kind of guide your content and, um, you know, pin their comments and respond to things, um, you know, make sure that they're feeling heard and that they have a, a piece in what you're creating. Okay. And I know a lot of people listening, maybe because of this conversation, they're going to think about getting started and people want to monetize it or position themselves as a influential voice in some area. Um, What do you think are the components of a really strong TikTok video? Because I know every platform might be a bit different. What is it that you are seeing really um, supports this idea of virality? I love that question. So, um, looking at it, I mean, I think through like the personal lens and the brand lens, it kind of lends itself to anything on TikTok. is creating content for like your community because, you know, the way TikTok works is you're getting so, um, you're getting really served the content that you're interested in. So, let's say that you're someone that's really interested in clean beauty, you're going to be seeing a lot of those trends. Whereas um, a a trend that might apply to like a mom influencer might be really different unless she's also leaning into the skincare space. So what I would first do is just honestly go down TikTok rabbit holes. So if you're somebody that wants to be producing, um, let's call it like uh, entrepreneurial suggestions. Like that's a huge category on TikTok. Spend time looking at what other people are doing. Um, of course you want to be original and you want to create new and exciting content, but a great way to really explore the space is by seeing what else is out there and piggybacking on trends, stitching content and responding to other content that has gone viral. Um, utilizing other trending sounds or transitions that you're seeing within your niche. Uh, so I would say really is like not trying to be too general and create content for everyone. That's one of the things that I personally really love about TikTok is it's so curated. So, you know, really own like who you're speaking to, um, and you know, what you're speaking about and make it really curated for them. Okay. Beautiful. And I know also someone had told me, and I don't know if this is a real hack, so you can correct me here, but that even the trending songs, because the algorithm's favoring it, you can even mute the song. And just because it exists in the backdrop of your video, the algorithm will favor you. Is that accurate? Um, like, yes and no. I think you should just probably use the song, honestly, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, trending songs are certainly like critical. Um, and also I would say like, not just using other songs, but it's a great opportunity to also create your own sounds because that's a huge way to gain virality. Once you have a song, a sound, um, it could even be like a clip it of your voice. If other people start catching on and using that, that's a great way to kind of spread like wildfire. Yeah. I remember the uncut gems. That's the only thing I know really. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) That's so funny. I, um, I also want to ask you, you know, which is a little more steps ahead than most people that are probably listening, but I know everyone wants to earn more and support their life, et cetera, et cetera. 
So my biggest question around that is I know that Gen Z has a nose for sniffing out branded content and people want to make money and they deserve it. If they are spending all day, every day, making content for people to watch, I mean, somebody's got to pay their rent and hopefully it's us that's watching and enjoying what they're doing. So I'm curious if you have any take on, you know, what would be really effective um, when it comes to, okay, so for example, I have a friend, he's a food influencer. He does reviews. I remember when he had no followers, now he's got millions of followers. He's making tens of thousands of dollars to eat a chip and talk about it, which I love that for him. And (laughs) it's really challenging for him to decide how much sponsored content is he going to take on? Um, and, And how does he weave that into his feed in a way that is authentic. You know, obviously taking on brands that you want to work with is huge. Even here on the U-Turn podcast, we're very picky with who we work with. Usually it's brands that we reach out to because I'm already using them and loving them. So I would love your feedback on when can someone monetize? Let's say people are listening now and they start a TikTok tomorrow because of this interview. Um, Is there a certain amount of followers that are targeted that you recommend? Hey, you can start reaching out to brands. And how do they make that content feel connected and authentic? Yes. Well, I would say, first of all, we work with a lot of micro influencers and, um, you know, whereas on Instagram, we might be, you know, previously targeting more of that macro scale. TikTok is just great for micro influence. So I would say, um, anywhere from 10,000 followers and up, um, some of our content that has gone most viral, there's one uh, client that comes to mind. We had an influencer that had 13,000 followers. Her video blew up, got over, um, you know, 2.5 million views. And she basically like sold them out of their product. So I would say it's really about the content, not necessarily the level of following. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one, one component, but I would say when working with brands, as you start as an influencer, dipping your toes into that category is really make it a back and forth with the brands. Um, as you start to kind of take on those relationships, if you have a bunch of different collaborations coming up, for example, rather than just say yes to everyone and try to like fit it into the feed, it's, it can be a really large impact if you have, you know, a couple of sponsored posts in a row, for example, and maybe you're someone that is typically sharing exercise content. And then you take, have like a couple of posts back to back that are all sponsorships. And we've certainly have seen that and it definitely dips. So a couple of things that I recommend are um, one, just like work with the brand. So if they're asking you to talk about um, I'll just use this exercise example, but if it's a, um, if it's a, let's call it a, a powder that you put in your smoothie and, um, you know, they're asking you to post about that, um, when you're going to be away on a vacation, maybe let them know, you know, I'm actually going to be on vacation, but this is something that I totally have been looking for and need after my morning workout. So letting them know what your schedule looks like and how you can most organically fit it in because, you know, nine out of 10 times. And if they are a brand that you, you know, will be wanting to continue working with, they're going to want that content to feel organic as well. 
um, and especially organic to your community. Mm -hmm. Um, so I would say that's one element. The other thing that we're really big on is the tent pole strategy. So Mm -hmm. what that is, is always sandwiching sponsored content with your highest performing categories, because just algorithmically, it's going to pull up the kind of, um, the content that's like staggered in between and ensure that that's getting a lot of love as well. Okay. Really helpful. And I love that you shared that, you you know, somebody on your docket had 13,000 followers and then they got millions of views because it's such a reminder that if you really have something to say and you're really creative, this is a great outlet, especially if you're in corporate. So I wanted to speak directly to the corporate babes listening right now. They're in their car, they're driving back to the office. A lot of us are going back and they're thinking to themselves, like, I want a passion project. I want something outside of my day-to-day work. I want to invest in my future self. I want to create a TikTok. Um, and, you know, let's say that they're a communications professional who loves animals and maybe they want to do something in the animal world, but they don't really know what yet. So they're just going to do some sort of TikTok. What would be a few things you would have to say to them, to them as they're getting started, be it about animals or politics or anything? Yeah. So I'm big on getting clear. This goes for work or just yeah. anything in life. Um, get clear and create a strategy. So we often, especially, you know, if you're out there working in marketing or PR, honestly, pretty much anything, you're probably touching strategy in some way. So I would sit down and almost look at yourself as a brand in a sense. Um, of course, you don't want to you want to make sure you're being authentic, um, as we said earlier, but think about like, what is your strategy and what I would list down as you kind of get clarity and write this down, I would think of a few things. One, what do you want people to learn from you? And that can be anything, you know, do you just want to kind of brighten someone's day a little more? Do you want to teach them about clean beauty? Um, do you want to teach someone the tips that you've learned at the office for how to move up the ladder. Um, so really think about what you want people to walk away with. And maybe that's a couple of things. Um, but I would, I would recommend making sure you kind of are hitting a couple of key points, not being too spread all over the place. Um, number two, I would talk about like what your approach is and what your content balance is. So are you going to be someone that mostly, talks to camera, or maybe you talk to camera and that's 60% of your content. And the other 40% is trending themes and transitions to make sure you're getting that like virality hit. Mm -hmm. Um, in addition to those two elements, I would think about like who you're, who's watching this content. So who do you ideally want to be seeing this and engaging? Um, I think really looking at those three elements will give you clarity on how to get started. And what I'd even do is, you know, create a content calendar for yourself. So rather than coming into every day being like, you know, oh, like what am I creating? Cause I, you know, we, we, we really do recommend that for TikTok, you know, I know a lot of you guys are busy, so it's hard to just, um, create endless content, but don't worry about it being perfect. Um, it's better to just be abundant and get a lot of content out there than be so polished and perfect when it comes to TikTok. 
So, you know, spend maybe your Sunday before going into the office that week, writing down the videos you're going to create each day and spending 15 minutes, like looking at what the trends are um, and, you know, just getting creative and doing a creative brainstorm with yourself on maybe if there is a, a trending audio right now, how you can make it relate to your specific um, category or genre. Okay. Wonderful. And I feel like from a technology standpoint, it can also look a little intimidating. Like when I spent last week at dinner with Erica, she's such a brilliant, creative, grounded energy. And she also is using the technology to her advantage. Is there anywhere that you would advise someone to get kind of like a little quick learning tutorial on? Cause I know there's free courses and trainings and resources online. Where would you send someone to be like, here's TikTok 101? Honestly, I would say TikTok because there there is so many um, there's so many people that are just dedicated to talking about new trends and just because of like the quick nature of TikTok, you're gonna see it faster there than any blog or news channel. Um, so I always do like a deep dive into just using honestly like the search function. Um, almost as if you were typing things into Google. That's really how a lot of people are using TikTok today. So um, searching things like new trending transitions, or um, if there's like a filter that you saw, look at how other people are using the filter. Since there are always new things that are um, kind of popping up on TikTok, search through. And there are so many of those accounts, some might be more pertinent to your kind of content genre than others. So find the ones that are kind of uh, just most relevant for you and follow them, look back at them and constantly be searching for new ones. Wonderful. And I also noticed that you talk a lot about frequency and you were saying like 15 minutes every day, which actually doesn't sound like a lot, depending on the personality. Like some people, they feel a camera on them and it's like their energy dies out. Maybe this isn't the platform for you, but for others, it's like, okay, it really is just a 15 minute thing that could help their future um, and their brand that they're building. But I want to ask you a little bit about frequency versus consistency. Um, is it important that they're on there every day or is it important that they post at the same times every week or the same days of the week? Like, let's say somebody really just once a day is too much for them. Is it really damaging for them to say twice a week and I'll do it at the same time or different times? Like, tell me a little bit about that. So I would say just, it definitely depends on what your goals are. Um, and it'll be a little bit different for everyone. Um, so if, if posting two times a week is kind of all that you can carve out, um, I would recommend not necessarily, you know, it doesn't have to be at the exact same time. Um, I would say what's most important is really the content. So if this was something that you created, for example, like a week ago, and you just haven't had a moment to post it, and then that trend has already kind of died out, I would move on. It's better to be on trend than just to like get something up for the sake of posting it. Okay. So two videos just like hit those trends really hard. Okay. So, I mean, okay. I 
in a content standpoint, everybody has different wins on the internet, especially if you have a personal brand. So my wins, I know aren't everybody else's wins. Some people are whatever winning means to you on Instagram, on TikTok, on Ted, on Forbes, whatever have you. Um, what kind of personality do you feel like does well with TikTok? And what is your take on people double dipping where they take their TikTok and they throw it on Instagram or they throw it on Twitter? Like what is, is there any sort of loss or gain there that you would want to share? Yeah. So, um, one, I think there is room for everyone on TikTok, which is honestly like why I love it. I mean, I'm not someone that could get up and do a choreographed dance and that's fine. Like there is other, there's a, there's room for everyone. There's so much content that doesn't even require you to even, you know, speak to camera. So I would look at what other people are creating and find something that feels comfortable and feels right for you. Um, I mean, I think like all things in life, it's good to make yourself a little uncomfortable. So maybe if you're someone that has, um, you're, you're scared to speak in public in a, in a way it can be a little bit like that and it's good to get comfortable with it. So while there's room for everyone, I think is just a personal goal, push yourself outside those waters a little bit and, um, make sure that you're trying something that, that feels a little bit different. Going back to, um, you know, if you're working with a brand, you talked about, you can do that at an early time. You don't have to wait until you have a million followers or something like that. I think that's really encouraging. Um, and, and talking about the trends and stuff like that. So this is obviously for someone who finds that enjoyable, finds that interesting, finds it stimulating. They're watching it. Um, you talk about certain things to leave out when you're being promotional. Can you share a little bit about what not to do to hurt your TikTok growth or following? Yeah, for sure. So I would say, um, number one, brands will often send things in like a beautiful curated gift box, um, because they want you to have an awesome experience and that feels good that someone wants to impress you. But I would stay away from showing that like beautiful, perfect gift box and speak more about one of the products. Mm-hmm. So rather than saying something to the effect of like, look at all this, um, all these products, this brand just sent me maybe say, I recently tried a couple products from this brand and I wanted to tell you about one specifically that I've been loving. Mm-hmm. Um, so just like, for example, when we see content go viral and often comment we're seeing is, like, you know, I bet this person got paid or I bet they work at the brand. So I think there's just obviously today a lot of um, consumer distrust initially. So you really like make it organic to you. And I think it's, it's tough to say, but also be a little bit picky about who you're working with. Like if this is a product that if you're someone, for example, that's really firm about sustainability and you are constantly talking about sustainability and eco initiatives to your community, and then you're working with a brand that has none of those values, that's going to read as really disingenuous to your community. So, you know, rather than thinking short term, definitely make sure that you pull back a little and you're just working with the brands that um, have aligned values. But um, to, to answer your question more specifically in terms of what to do to not be overly promotional is I would always recommend making sure that you are relating the product or service in some way to your, your life and lifestyle. So um, don't talk just specifically about the product, but 
you know, talk about a personal anecdote or a time that this product was helpful to you, just make it personal is first and foremost. Okay. Well, and, and, you know, back to the question that we kind of lost, I was asking you about what personalities might be good for TikTok. Is there a certain type of person that you think this is a good fit for someone to go all in with TikTok? And I know some of those people that are such a good fit, but then they plateau on TikTok. I find that to be very real. So can you speak to those two things of personality and plateauing? Yes. So, um, on the personality front, I think like there, there is really space for everyone. Yeah. Um, I would say just like, think of your personality and think about what, like what kind of trends make it make, will make you shine the most. Um, so if you're someone that's really bubbly and type a, and you know, has a lot to say, go for testimonial, make some voice notes that are, that can go viral potentially. Um, whereas if you're someone that's a little bit more behind the scenes and you like to show and tell, um, maybe you're using, you're more so kind of showing what you're doing while at the same time using text overlay or, um, a voiceover or a robot voice, or maybe just a trending audio to communicate what the story is. Okay. And, um, kind of going back also, I could ask you so many questions. It's just not, but I'm here for it. Yeah. We're here. Like might as well um, give it all to me. (laughs) You talk a lot about following the trends, following the sounds, the transitions. Um, you also talk about creating your own sounds. So from a tech standpoint to me, just the concept of creating my own sound sounds like I'm in like a technology ether. Like, I don't even know what that means. Um, is there an account that you love or recommend that everyone follow to learn a little bit more about trends? You said you're always following different accounts. Is there a favorite that you have? And if not, is there anything that you can share about what does it even mean to create your own sound or just to make people feel a little bit more like this is all doable? Yeah. So I would say probably not like one account. And this will also be hyper-specific to the type of accounts that like you're engaging with because TikTok is just going to be funneling content to you that is kind of most edited to your preferences. So I would really, so, I mean, it's endless. I would really look at what you're following and what other people are using. And just to kind of play investigator a little, um, when you're listening to these sounds, click to the source and see what those profiles look like. Mm -hmm. Um, but when creating a new sound, this can be honestly anything. Um, to give you an example, literally this morning, we, we, we always start, um, Monday mornings with our team talking about trends and new ideas for our own audios. And I was saying, I was watching, it was like discovery channel last night. And there was this line, it was like, and this bay is like no other bays. And it was in this like calming British voice. And I was like, that's so funny. Like we could take that it's obviously totally, you know, taken out of context, (laughs) but, um, just kind of, you know, have your ears perk up on these little moments. Um, even looking back at some of your favorite pop culture references, it can be things that are from, um, movies or TV shows. Also, if you are just someone that has inspiration to share, that is a big one. Um, so get concise and share a quick two seconds about your life motto. 
Love it. Okay. And um, I know that it's about so much more on TikTok than just being entertaining or funny, you know, or silly. I feel like that kind of might've been the tone at the beginning. And now it's really a search engine, especially for Gen Z, but for all generations. So um, is there anything that you you talked about kind of doing market research? So let's say somebody is in that process right now of getting clarity on what they want to talk about, Uh, especially a lot of people who read my book. That's what they're coming for is clarity on who they are. And I feel like this kind of goes with the TikTok. Like there's so many of you I know who have read U-Turn and you're probably thinking, how can I apply this to who I want to be on social media? what would you say is the direction you're seeing TikTok go now? Because like you said, trends of today are yesterday's trends tomorrow. And so um, what would you say is next? Like, are we going to see TV shows on TikTok? Like, where is it going? What can we expect? And how can people start to think differently for the future with TikTok? Yeah, so I would say the direction, well, first of all, a stat came out pretty recently. People are now spending more time on watching uh, TikTok daily than Netflix. So that's just, you know, wild. I think people are really coming here spending, it's an average of 90 minutes per day wow. um, on the platform. And so I think that really goes hand in hand on really having kind of like the next element of content, whether that's coming from movie studios um, or TV shows, is really utilizing content and really any way that you're obtaining information and more so these bite-sized amounts. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think a lot of the more polished content that we're seeing, there's going to be just generally more of a trend of more raw organic and constant content. Um, so whereas, you know, there might be, uh, let's call it like a reality TV show. I can totally see a reality show like launching on TikTok, for example, mm-hmm. um, some somewhere that feels a little more accessible and people can just watch in line while they're you know standing to in line to get their Starbucks coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's just going to overall be more of a shift to raw and organic and constant than polished and perfected and edited. Okay. So that brings me back to a question. I know we, I got distracted when I asked you about, which was about repurposing. Like what's your take on us oh, yes. TikTok <laughs> content, coming in on IG, kind of going back to the polish thing. Like I'm not a TikToker yet. I, I mean, knock on wood, maybe I'll come around after this conversation, I think, but, um, we have a bunch of video content on our team. So people are just on my team, pulling snippets and throwing up there. And it's not working obviously, because it's not that intentional. It's not with the trends. We're just throwing content out there. Um, and whenever we do that, like the content gets less views than my grandma's Insta story. It feels like, <laughs> so you tell me like, what's your take on, um, repurposing or snippets, Um, How should people start to think about the fact that it's like, hey, they're making the time to make this content. They want it to go even further. What are some uh, words of caution or thought that you would just want to pass on? Yeah, no, that's a great question. I'm glad you came back to it. It is one that we are talking about with clients pretty much daily. Um, So I would say there's a couple of things and it's definitely very nuanced. If you're creating this content, I think like it's honestly unrealistic to say you should have a completely different platform strategy. Like in an ideal world, if you, if you have time to create content and you're doing that all day, you know, to some extent that's 
totally correct. But let's be real. A lot of us are super busy and we don't have time to create content that's just for Instagram or just for TikTok um, or any other platform for that matter. So what I recommend doing is just kind of look at your content through the lens of the platform. So if it's a hyper niche um, audio that you're really only seeing on TikTok, for example, keep it on that platform. But if you feel like it's more of a general trend and it would make sense for Instagram, definitely, first of all, make sure you're not posting it with the TikTok watermark. So how you can do that, um, there's a, a bunch of different apps and, and websites. A really easy, quick one is um, SnapTick. If you're using, if you're editing um, within TikTok, it's easy to just download it and make sure it's not watermarked. But that's number one. Number two, make sure you're not using the text overlay um, that's offered within the TikTok app. It's definitely something that Instagram is able to read and pick up on and they'll deprioritize the content. So mm-hmm. make sure that you're you're kind of taking the raw content, adding the music within Instagram. If, for example, you created this video for TikTok first. Um, and you know, make sure there's new text. Okay. Kind of going back to plateauing, let's say somebody's listening right now, or let's say you lost everything and you need to get your first 5,000 followers. Um, what are like three actionable steps you would take right now? And what do you have to say to people that feel like they're kind of stuck at that 5,000 mark or 3000? It's like, they want to get to that 10,000 and start pitching brands, even though you could pitch anytime, like what would be your starting points and your words of wisdom to stay away from plateaus? Yeah. So to stay away from, I'll take that one on first. Okay. Um, to stay away from plateaus, I would suggest trying something new. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I think definitely like in an, in a way it's like, why, um, why change it if it's not broken? But if if you're starting to plateau, you might beginning to see that you're um, getting some burnout from your community. They might just be kind of seeing the same type of content filtered in again and again. So kind of just shake it up, try something new, um, do something that feels out of the box, but still very much you. Again, you want to make sure it's authentic, um, but go for a new type of content. Um, do just something you haven't done before. And I think you'll, you know, you'll definitely see great results from that. And then, um, for the second part here, um, some actionable steps to make sure you're starting to see that growth. Um, again, consistency and just getting a lot of content up. I keep coming back to that is really, really important. So there, Virality works in a lot of different ways. So you want to make sure that you're really just trying a lot, throwing a lot out there and see and seeing what sticks, especially you're in the beginning stages and you really haven't found your content groove yet. Get experimental and just test a lot of different types of content because even, you know, from the agency side, we're oftentimes surprised to see um, that you know, things maybe we wouldn't have expected work as well as they did. Mm-hmm. Um, so just, you know, get creative and be posting a lot. Um, I would say the other thing is really look at, um, the different functionalities of TikTok and be utilizing those and making them your best friend. So 
Um, for example, if you're a health coach and you saw that someone out there was talking about, um, protein bars, for example, respond to their video and say, you know, maybe actually this protein bar that you thought was really healthy from my perspective, it's actually not. And here's why. So look at everything that TikTok has to offer, um, again, by doing some research onto what other people in your field are doing and, um, and see how you can integrate that. Amazing. Yeah. That would be my first thing to do is like, who are the top people in my niche and what are they doing and what's performing? But as you said, yesterday's performance is not what today's might be. So I wouldn't, it's actually counterintuitive. I would usually look at what they did in the past and be like, I can do that because it's working, but no, the algorithm has changed. Um, okay. So a couple final questions. One is pitching brands. Let's say someone is taking your advice They've read my book. They've clarified what they want to do. They're getting on TikTok. They're creating their brand. Maybe they're in corporate. And they're really looking forward to that moment where they can pitch a brand and build a collaboration. I would love your feedback on what makes a good pitch and what are some things that people need to consider when they make their first check as a TikToker. So I would say... Number one, um, be look at other platforms because at the moment you can't really, you know, send messages to all the brands that you want to be working with, unfortunately, um, on, on TikTok. but there's a couple things to get noticed. Um, so what I would do is number one, um, coming back to my suggestion on just getting clear is make a list of what types of brands you would love to be working with. And I would make sure that there's some kind of like continuity across the board. Um, so going back to my earlier example, um, if you're someone that really believes in sustainability, making sure that one brand on that list maybe wouldn't be turned off if they saw that you worked with another brand on that list. Mm -hmm. um, so think of it from, from all angles. Um, once you've gotten clear on kind of that dream list, Think about what type of content that this brand would want to be seeing. So, um, and really start to cater your content to like similar, um, similar themes. So again, you don't want to come off as promotional, but make sure you're just aligning yourself. Mm -hmm. And then when it kind of comes time to actually, you know, start to get in with these brands, make relationships with them. Um, one, I would recommend doing some in community engagement on your part. So while you're also going to be planning to reach out to them, um, make sure that you are following them on Instagram yeah. and TikTok. Um, go, you know, comment on some of their previous posts, make sure that, you know, the community manager, um, on this account who it will oftentimes be doing a lot of the, um, influencer outreach that they're seeing you as a common name that's coming up so that when you do reach out, they're like, Oh wow, this feels like a really authentic collaboration, which is definitely the lens. A lot of, um, these, you know, social media managers will, will really be looking through. Um, so in addition to that, um, I would start by having kind of both a, uh, Instagram and email strategy. So maybe first start, I would say by emailing them. Mm -hmm. Um, and it, it'll kind of depend on the brand and you'll kind of find your groove, but to get in contact with them, um, I would definitely recommend, um, you know, finding them on LinkedIn, getting their email address. There's some great plugins available. So you can kind of find the best email address or check that you're reaching out to the right person. 
Um, I would make sure that you're reaching out to either, it depends on the company size, but the um, influencer, manager, director, um, or the social media manager, maybe for a smaller brand, it could even be um, like the head of marketing or PR. It'll kind of just depend on the company size. Um, But when you reach out, make sure you're really highlighting your analytics. That's something brands always really look for. Um, so one thing that I would love to see if someone reached out to me is in the last month, I had, you know, X amount of posts that went viral. And this is how this compares to other people that have a similar sized following. Mm-hmm. That's something that would be, you know, a really stellar point to me and tell, tell them a little bit more about like why this would be an organic collaboration. And even if you have any idea for what the content could be and what that could look like for you guys to work together. Yeah. I, it's so fun to kind of hear how you move from a passion project to almost like a, a side hustle. I think it's so empowering that anybody can really just do this in their living room or wherever they are. Um, and I also know that even on Instagram, I had a friend who she would tag the same five to 10 clothing brands. Like every time she posted a picture of her with her wearing their clothes and then eventually the collaboration just became obvious. So I'm not really sure what the TikTok equivalent is of that. Just tagging the brand, tagging the community manager, you know, commenting on their posts, but I really love what you shared there. And, um, I wanted to just ask you a, what have I not asked you that you would want everybody to know if there's anything and B who should be your client? Because I know over at hello there, you have so many different talented, um, in content creators. And I would love for you to just share when should somebody reach out to you to work with your agency? Um, what are some signs that they're ready? And if there's anything else I haven't asked you to share? Yeah. Um, so tackling that one, um, from the influencer side, I mean, I think like we're always looking for new influencers to join. We call it our collective, um, which is our verified group of influencers. Um, we've been in this space for a while, so we're always looking to add new people that we can trust and work with that have great engagement and an interesting point of view. So honestly, like at any point, we love to be building those relationships. Um, what we're looking for is oftentimes more than following truly content and engagement. So we work with a lot of really micro content, um, creators that might be creating more so just content for the brand account, um, not necessarily to even be going live from, from their page. So, um, I would say, you know, once you really have your voice and your, um, you know, your message established and solidified, we'd love to hear from you. Thank you so much for coming on here. Where can everybody find you? Um, so you can find me personally at Jesse underscore, um, that's J E S S E underscore G R E. And you can follow our agency, um, hello there collective. Um, our Instagram is hello there collective. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are probably the two best places. Um, our TikTok is growing. So we'll get back to you on that one. <laughs> ah, thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. And, um, if you have any follow-up questions, I I have your back. Thank you so much for tuning into the U-Turn podcast. And thank you again so much for our sponsors. We are here because of you and to our listeners. 
Thank you for checking out our sponsors. We always pick people and brands that we trust and we believe in. And just for listening to the show, writing your reviews on the Apple app, and just being willing to make your own U-turns. We'll see you next week. 